irreverent, entertaining, cool. You're listening to LA Talk Radio. You could be free with me, LA Talk Radio, and all podcasting platforms. This is Max and Friends. I'm your host, Max Tucci. Welcome back to another Sunday night of Max and Friends. If you're joining us for the first time, we will be here 15 years this year. Where have you been? Well, I welcome you to my table tonight because tonight is Sunday Suppers on Max and Friends. And in just a moment, Jennifer English will be joining me and my pal, the one and only chef, Katie Chin. And you all know hashtag Aspic because we've been doing it on my social media and hers. Mine is at Max Tucci. So follow me there and let me know what's going on. Just before um, we get into the show and Sunday Suppers and Jennifer English is going to join me, the sublime Jennifer English. Thank you all for loving the Delmonico Way, sublime entertaining and legendary recipes from the restaurant that made New York. It's because of you that it became a number one Amazon bestseller. So I thank you. I thank you. I thank you. Now I encourage you to do one thing more, one step further for me. Share your stories on Amazon. Share your reviews. Let everyone know how you love the book. And let everyone know that the book is one that they should buy. And not only for today, but for events coming up and for holidays coming up. You know, Valentine's Day is just around the corner. So um, it's a great book because we have a whole chapter on romantic dinner, romantic affair. And um, the chapter goes into how my father met my mother and all of their wonderful dinners at Delmonico's and the Seafood Tower and really just wonderful ideas to inspire you to create your Valentine's Day at home. Stay home this year. Speaking of staying home, I am staying home right now because I'm in the process of writing, yes, the proposal for another book, Cocktails, The Delmonico Way. So I had a call last week with Rizzoli and, you know, they said, send us your, send us what you're working on. So um, I'm excited for that. And it's really going to go back into the prohibition speakeasy days. We talk about it in the book and we talk about the bar. I wrote about the bar and what it meant to the restaurant. But I wanted to take it, like Jennifer says, one step further and really get into the bar where millions were made and millions were lost. It was literally like the Wall Street bar. It was the speakeasy that made New York. In addition to everything, it was like because Oscar, my grandfather, had the ticker tape there Everyone stayed there, a thousand lunches a day. So imagine what the bar is seeing. And so I want to really just highlight that and the cocktails. You know, I have the original Delmonico cocktail book that was at the bar. It was never published. And there's over 200 um, cocktails in it. I wanted to really bring that into... When I was doing the Delmonico way, it was very difficult to 
condense the bar into one chapter. And then that's when I said in the back of my mind, the next book that I would really love to do is the cocktail book. And we're going to be adding mocktails to it as well. You know, I don't necessarily drink, excuse me, as I clear my throat with water, but I will drink if it's a really good champagne, you know, and if the cocktail is mixed in the Delmonico way. My mother likes to say, if the glass isn't chilled, don't waste my time or the alcohol. So with that said, welcome to Max and Friends. Thank you again for loving the book. Thank you. Please go to Amazon. Whether you bought the book or not there, I need you. I do. I need you to write um, your reviews. It's really appreciated, and I love you for that. Jennifer English needs no introduction because you know her here from being on Max and Friends numerous times. She's my friend. She's my pal. She is one of the Gracie Award winners, a James Beard Award winner. I like to call her one of my foodie enthusiasts, a food enthusiast, a culinary enthusiast, an entertaining enthusiast, and now a non-alcoholic vendor. And what does that mean? Um, And Choice & Co. And how, if you all remember when I was on Tamron Hall, I mixed an incredible Mary uh, Negroni, which was a non-alcoholic Negroni. And there was like so good that after, literally after the show, and Jennifer sent me the kit from Choice & Co. We'll tell you how you can get your own. Um, I went back to the apartment. I was hanging out with Greg and we were like literally pouring these non-alcoholic Negronis and like drinking them. We were like kids sipping on Shirley Temples. It was such an amazing moment that we had to call in Jennifer to be part of that moment. It was like three o'clock in the morning. We just had seen the I Want to Dance with Somebody movie premiere. If you haven't seen it, the Whitney Houston biopic where Stanley Tucci plays Clive Davis. Go see it. Um, And Jennifer English joined us that morning because it was three in the morning so we could toast to her. And I toast to Jennifer now because she joins us here on Max and Friends for Sunday Suppers. Welcome back, Jennifer English. Well, cheers and happy Sunday Supper. This is our first Sunday Supper of the new year. I'm so excited. I'm so excited because I've got the perfect pairing for insatiably delicious dumplings. Mm, for the Chinese New Year. And this yes, is our first Sunday. It's our first Sunday supper, too, where we have a guest. And to have a guest like Chef Katie Chin, who is an award-winning cookbook author. She is a caterer. She's a blogger. She's a culinary ambassador to the National Pediatric Can- uh, Cancer Foundation. She's been in, featured in so many magazines that I can't even keep track. From O Magazine to Bon Appetit to the Wall Street Journal. And just... This week, on Thursday, she was on the Kelly Clarkson show. So she's going to join us and we're going to have a fun time with her because we're going to talk about Chinese New Year. We're going to talk about her Sunday suppers with her family. But, you know, Jennifer, before the show, we spoke about intentions and menus and creating the menu. And so, you know, we I, I, I loosely said, when we do Max and Friends Sunday suppers, the menu that we're going to intentionally create will be the menu appetizers, what we're doing right now. And then we'll have the main course, which will be our guest. And then the dessert will be the takeaway and what guests will take with them. So I look forward to intentionally creating this menu with you, Jennifer English, on Sunday suppers. And before we go into the show, what is a tradition that you usually do at your table when you create a menu? This is such an exciting topic because at the beginning of the year, and we know that we, God willing, will do 12 of these together, one every month, and it allows you to start thinking about what your intention is for that meal for those guests. You start thinking about what you want the menu to be for that moment in time. 
then you start thinking about what's fresh in the markets and what are the milestone moments and what are the events we're celebrating throughout the year because as the economy is good or bad or things are good or bad, remember, life is filled with moments worth celebrating. And sometimes the best thing to do, when, as Winston Churchill said, is in success you deserve it and in defeat you need it. It honors that there are these things that happen in our lives. And so when we do our Sunday suppers, we're going to honor the moments worth celebrating in that month. And of course, for this we're going to celebrate Chinese New Year. Originally, we had talked about doing the Eggs Benedict because I love the idea <laughs> of, especially when it's ice cold out and it's snowing, of having breakfast for dinner. But not just any breakfast for dinner, having beautiful Eggs Benedict. And the Eggs Benedict you have featured in the Delmonico Way are quintessential. They are irresistible. They are something that anybody can make. And they are mm. so sophisticated and glamorous and delicious and rich yeah. that you really feel like you're having something special. Well, when you know, you, and whenever you invite guests to your table, you just don't only want to say to them, oh, you're welcome at my table. I want to give you some food and drink that's going to demonstrate my intention mm. and make mm. you feel and taste yeah. like you're welcome at my table. Like you've done something special. I There's love that. Expensive. It has to be special. And special, right. my darling, can be free. That's true. And, you know, I was just talking about that. I did a wonderful podcast called They Had Fun, which is about New York and what to do in New York. And they said, what was your most memorable night in New York? And I said, it was actually all free. My grandma Letty and I would go tango at the South, sea, at the South Street Seaport. And then we would get on the Staten Island Ferry for free. And then we would come back at, you know, when New York was all glowing at night to see the skyline. And then we would go to a drag show and then we would go to night court. And all of that was free in New York. And it was one of my most memorable nights that I used to do with Grandma Letty. But, you know, Jennifer, you just inspired me. And I know Chef Katie Chin is here and she's gonna, we're going to have a great conversation with her. But we can do those eggs, Benedict, next month because hopefully by then, eggs will be a little bit more realistic in price. And we'll have Tara Cox, who I call the yolk queen join us to talk about her recipe in the book, which were the baby Benedicts. But tonight we're going to talk about dumplings, Chinese New Year, the year of the rabbit, and so much more. We're going to get into the life of Chef Katie Chin, who I met while I was in New York. We had such the greatest time at the Viking studio. It was the... um. It was just a perfect night, Jennifer. You know one of those spontaneous nights that just happen and then all of a sudden everything rises up to meet you? It was like one of those nights. So right away I said, I ordered her book. You know, everyone's like, oh, the book, the book. I said, Chef Katie, I'm ordering your book right now. I went right onto Amazon, click, 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 ordered the book. And by the time I got home, it was already there. So I love her book. We're going to talk about the book tonight. And the book is called Katie Chin's Global Family Cookbook internationally inspired recipes your friends and family will love it's like perfect for for our first guest for sunday suppers on max and friends with max tucci and jennifer english so jennifer before we bring katie on is there anything else you want to wrap up real quick in our appetizer segment well i want to talk about menus for a couple of reasons sure as we go into the future of food and as we begin to get more and more food delivered to our homes, we start cooking more because we're cocooning. In this combination of factors, the idea of a menu 
when we think of it traditionally, when you go to a public restaurant, in fact, if I'm not mistaken, wasn't the menu really created at Delmonico's? It was, and it was the first restaurant in America to have the menu presented at the table. And not only that, Jennifer, but at when my grandfather owned Delmonico's, he had his own printing press on the second floor of the restaurant because every day the menu was changing depending on which market he went to. So, look, I love when my phone does that because I feel like it's my ancestors just verifying what I just said. Right. But so let me, <laughs> let, me take this, let me take this all the way back to the invention of the menu. Mm-hmm. What was the intention of the invention of the menu? What was it intended to be? What was it intended to communicate and express? What was that intention? Is a menu for the chef to contemplate the fullness of the dining experience? Is it for the restaurateur to communicate the array of fresh seasonal cuisine that's being offered? What actually is a menu? It's about choices. And I'm tying together with choiceandco.com because in a way, a menu is a list of your choices. It empowers you to understand. And even if all the items are selected for you, you get to choose being engaged by the menu. It's also your choice of items that go on the menu. So let's take this into the future. Whether I'm in a restaurant that hands me a tablet on which this information is shown to me, or I'm handed a freshly pressed printed menu with the words, they all have the same intention. Let's go into that intention and take it into the future. What is Mm. the intention of a menu? What is our intention of this part of the menu of every one of these Sunday suppers? And today, I want to express the idea. Imagine the full menu of a delicious Chinese New Year banquet Mm. with rare items, dumplings that are legacy generational recipes, lovingly pinched and filled by hand, cooked expertly. By grandmothers and grandchildren. The idea of this extraordinary, virtually timeless cuisine being celebrated by everyone around the world mm. because there is bitter, sour, salty, sweet, crunchy, different textures, different flavors, beautiful vegetables, bits of exquisite crispy duck and meat and skin. You can all of a sudden imagine why with fishes and vegetables and with all of the array of items that are available, that a simple idea of a menu becomes really a masterpiece in the hands of Mm. an expert chef like Chef Katie. Oh, I love this. And, you know, it is the year of the rabbit. And I have to tell you something fun about Chef Katie, Jennifer English. Do you know that Chef Katie was featured? I love this. In 2013, Chef Katie was a featured chef at the annual... Easter egg roll at the White House under the Obama administration. Isn't wow. that so much fun? And not only that, I love this about Chef Katie, that she was a guest judge on Food Networks, uh, on Food Networks Iron Chef America. So we've got so much to talk about with Chef Katie. There is so much to do. Right now, if you're tuning in and you want to know more about Chef Katie, you can find out here on Max and Friends, but you can go right now to her social media. All of it is at Chef Katie Chin, C-H-I-N. So Sam, what's everyone listening to right now? LA 
Friday Talk Radio. This is Max and Friends. I'm your guest, Max Tucci. My co-host tonight is the divine Jennifer English because it is Sunday Seppers here on Max and Friends. And my guest, our guest for tonight's evening at the table, welcoming to the table, our table, is the one and only my friend, the divine, the sublime, the super chef, Katie Chin. Welcome to Max and Friends. Thank you so much for having me. I'm delighted to be here. (laughs) <laughs> all Chef i can Katie do is laugh awesome. at you <laughs> i love that you judged on iron chef america because i am literally sitting under a picture of iron if rock and roll chef carrie simon and i from back in the days in las vegas and i loved that program for many reasons including you guys had the best chefs on that show how fun was that oh my goodness it was so much fun it was uh nerve-wracking because I had never done a show like that before and um, I quickly realized that you have to uh, form like allyship with someone that can be on your side and that happened very quickly with Katie Huffman the Tony Award-winning actress we all love her I just met her and uh, we were also judging along with um, Jeffrey Steingarten uh, who wrote The Man Who Ate Everything Vogue food writer extraordinaire kind of grumpy and kind of like not so nice <laughs> at first. You know, it was like, look at me up and down because I had my like hot pink cocktail dress on. It was just like, <laughs> who is this? You know what I mean? And she was she just like, she pulled me aside. She's like, I'm on your side. We're not on his side. I'm on your side. I was like, what's going on? But, you know, I just, I, I came to realize something. Um, my mother taught me, you know, Everybody should be treated equally. No one is better than you. Everybody's the same. And I just was sitting there feeling so nervous next to this guy. And I just happened to be, you know, in New York. I live in L.A., but a bunch of my friends were there. My husband happened to be there. I was meeting all these friends for karaoke. And I just, I looked at him before we started rolling. I was like, do you want to go to karaoke? (laughs) He looked at me like I had three heads. (laughs) But I think it kind of was disarming. He was like, what? And then... The moment I did that, he kind of took me under his wing and he was giving me tips and it was, it was a beautiful experience. It was so much fun. I I would do it again and again and again. Chef Katie, you know, you had mentioned your mom and I want to get into this and then we're going to talk about menus and everything. But I want to ask you, what inspired you to become a chef, especially since you grew up with a famous chef as your mom? Uh, It's a long story, but I'm going to make it quick. But I feel that it's necessary to share because it's such an extraordinary, inspirational story, not mine. My mother's, she immigrated from China in 1956 to Minneapolis, uh, making 50 cents an hour as a seamstress, but she always loved to cook. And one day she um, threw a luncheon for some of her sewing clients and they were so blown away by her authentic Chinese cuisine. They encouraged her to start teaching classes and to cater and one thing led to another. And uh, she caught the eye of a local celebrity um, who wanted to open a restaurant with my mom. Now, that celebrity happened to be friends with the owner of the Minnesota Twins, and he was friends with Sean Connery. What? Totally bizarre story. <laughs> Sean Connery came to Minneapolis to visit his friend Robert Redford, who was directing the film Ordinary People. My mother got hired to uh, cater the welcome party. I was there as a little girl serving them dumplings, and my knees were buckling, and Sean Connery turned to me, and he said, delicious. 
Don't blame me. Anyway, he <laughs> fell in love with my mother's food um, and, in fact, decided to invest in her first restaurant. And uh, she opened more and more restaurants by the mid-1980s. She had opened over 40 restaurants. She sold her company to General Mills. They made her president of the division, even though she had never even gone to high school, had been working uh-huh. 50 cents an hour as a seamstress, a remarkable woman, a huge, you know, community activist as well. So anyway, I grew up working in our little, you know, basement, this catering operation, as Chinese families do. Um, we call it cheap Chinese labor. Anyway, I was like <laughs> gritting my teeth. I don't want to be here. I want to get the hell out of here. Like, there's no Asian people. Everyone's Norwegian. No offense. But I was like, I'm getting out of here, and I'm never working in the food industry. Cut to after college, I moved to L.A. I worked in the entertainment industry for 14 years at studios like Fox and Disney and Universal. And one day, I decided to throw a dinner party for some colleagues at Fox. I had completely forgotten how to cook. I kept calling my mom and asking her questions, and she was like, this is ridiculous. She got on a plane with frozen leopard chicken showed up on my doorstep, cooked the whole meal, and she let everyone think that I had cooked it and was mortified to find only champagne and yogurt in my fridge. She set up to teach me how to cook again with all my friends. Yeah, and and my friends were like, oh my gosh, you guys make this look so easy. You should do a book together. I was like, you know, we should do a book together. And I was just at this juncture in my life where I couldn't stand my husband, then husband, couldn't stand my job. So I quit my job as a senior VP Fox, left my then husband, and then my mother and I came together and we joined forces. We had a show on PBS together called Double Happiness, and uh, we got to go to China for the Food Network, and it was just a really incredible journey I had with her. And she passed away 14 years ago, so everything I do now is to honor her culinary legacy. Oh, isn't that wonderful? You know, Jennifer, right now I'll be playing the song Ancestors, but we're not playing songs on Sunday Summers. But uh, Chef Katie, I'm going to send you the song Ancestors. It's one of my favorite songs to honor them. But, you know, I love this because that was five books ago. This is your fifth book now that you've written, which is Katie Chin's Global Family Cookbook. It was released in June of 22. Tell me about the book and what it means for the for the reader. What will they learn from this book? Uh, this is just such a joy to write. You know, my books previously I had all been Asian, which was awesome. But here was an opportunity to really celebrate the flavors of the world. I also feel that I have bicultural children. Um, my husband's Jewish. We celebrate Hanukkah. We celebrate Christmas, Chrismaka. Um, I just felt like food and cooking is an amazing gateway for children to learn about other cultures. It opens the dialogue. Everybody loves food. How can you be, you know, upset with somebody when you're breaking bread with them and, you know, really celebrating our differences instead of, you know, crossing our arms and not opening our hearts and minds to other people from different backgrounds. Additionally, you know, I live in L.A. with a diverse, amazing community um, of food and restaurants. And I felt like people, especially during COVID, learned how to cook. They're like, oh, my God, I can actually make this. But they are also intimidated by a lot of um, different cultures of cuisine. So while I have some classic dishes like Oro's Compoyo or Bouillabaisse, I also put a global spin on some comfort favorites, you know, like Roast chicken four different ways with a Peruvian spin. Taco Tuesday four different ways with different global spins. Putting uh, miso in deviled eggs, for example. So really wanted to have fun with it along with four cultural celebrations. 
uh, such as Lunar New Year, which uh, features my buddy Jeannie Mai and her mom, the Mama Mai, um, Hanukkah celebration with my pal Nate Burkus. My mother happened to cater his bar mitzvah. It's a whole long story. <laughs> I feel like <laughs> even though my mother passed away, she's like always still helping me. If that if that makes any sense, of course. So. Uh, uh, you know, there's also a Cinco de Mayo with my pal Jeffrey Saad from the Cooking Channel. And it was just, uh, oh, yeah, last but not least, Greek Easter, because all my, I think I was Greek in another life, uh, featuring <laughs> my pal Debbie Manopoulos with recipes from her cookbook, It's All Greek to Me. And then you also have that famous salmon dish that you and I spoke about, <laughs> which is like, it was like, I opened the book, I'm like, there's a salmon dish in here? And then it had such a good story because you grew up in such a, you were like the one and only Chinese girl in your neighborhood growing up. Tell us about that. Well, yes, we were really fish out of water at the time. Uh, it was, you know, mainly a Swedish and Norwegian um, community, now much more diverse. But at the time, we were the only Chinese family for miles and miles and miles. <laughs> and I just wanted to be blonde and Norwegian like everybody else. You know, we belonged to the sons of Norway. We ate lutefisk. We'd say, you know, Ufda. <laughs> Very confusing. Um, so, you know, unfortunately, we were really ashamed to be Chinese. And I just tried to, you know, blend in with everybody else. Um, and that's another reason I wanted to write this book. You know, because when I grew up, I was embarrassed when I opened my lunchbox and there was Tasu Bao. My kids, you know, they're, all their friends are jealous because we have Tarsi Bao. And that makes me feel so proud. So I just really wanted my mother's legacy to be handed down to my children. And, and food mm. is such a beautiful way for any family to you know honor their family's legacy and their ancestors. You know, Max, one of the things about what Katie just said, that Chef Katie said that's so important here, is in that desire to fit in, one of the things we all try and do is find common ground. Mm -hmm. And one of the beautiful things about this book is it explores what our common ground is globally, cuisine-wise and culture-wise. And it's so fitting that as our first Sunday Supper guest, Chef Katie is here, because one of the things that you see throughout the book, throughout the cultures, is the conviviality of dining together, the importance of being together and breaking bread together as a family. Chef Katie, can you talk a little bit about some of those common threads that you found woven through global cuisines as you were making the the menu for this book to be? Well, you know, like you said, uh, you know, for centuries, uh, families um, have dined together, they've cooked together. And I think particularly in American society, we've, we've lost that quite a bit. I think during COVID, fortunately, um, some of us regained that tradition of sitting together, talking together, and, you know, in researching other cultures and how they celebrate, you know, it's all around food. It's all about storytelling. It's about nurturing our mind, bodies, and soul. It's about reconnecting with our um, grandparents, our nieces, our nephews. And again, especially I think living in Los Angeles, we feel a bit disconnected. But what a beautiful way. You know, we, we move to new cities, we leave our families, but we create our own sense of family wherever we live. And mm -hmm. nothing like food can bring people together. Nothing like food can help us celebrate. Nothing like food can help us mourn, you know, a loved one. So I think people are starting to return to this idea and this philosophy. But I mean, you know, it's been around for centuries and centuries and centuries. But I will say, you know, in Chinese culture, 
a lot of people try to tell me they don't they don't necessarily talk a lot while they're eating. And you know, my mother just said, well, you know, the whole point of sitting down to dinner is to eat, not to talk. So we did this special um, for the Food Network in China. And it was all of my aunties and like many of them I had never even known. You know, my mother went 30 years without seeing them because of the Cultural Revolution. But we're there, the cameras are rolling, and the producer's like, can you ask your mom to ask her siblings to be really excited about the food and, you know, <laughs> talk a lot and blah, 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 blah. And I, I, I go, mom, the producer wants them. As soon as I say, you know, go by. My mom goes, they're not going to do that. <laughs> I was like, um, I go, okay, they're not going to do that. She's like, okay, can they at least be really excited about the food? They don't have to really talk, but like really dig in and seem, you know, enthusiastic. I was, I was like, I was like, mom, can you tell them? Because I guess can't speak Chinese. So she was like, okay, I'll try. So they were like, cameras rolling, three, two, one, action. And they just sat there and stared. I mean, because, can you imagine? And, you know, mainland China, they're in this apartment with all these cameras and lights and they're like what the hell they're all just staring it was i love this but you know chef katie tradition is a huge part of the chinese culture so what's coming upon us we're here chinese new year you know can you tell us about chinese new year and what are the symbolic dishes that are served during chinese new year well i just want to say it is sunday january 22nd which marks Chinese New Year, a two-week-long celebration. It's the most important holiday of all Chinese holidays because everything you do, everything you eat, will dictate how your whole year will unfold. And that's why we eat all sorts of symbolic dishes today. But not only that, there's a lot of superstitions. So first of all, we eat things like egg rolls because they're shaped like gold bars, symbolizing riches and wealth, along with dumplings. The shape of a dumpling resembles that of a gold ingot, an ancient form of Chinese currency, also symbolizing wealth. We also eat noodles for long life. The longer the noodle, the longer the life. Also Mm -hmm. fish. Because there's a lot of homonyms in Chinese language and culture. The word for uh, fish is the same word as abundance. So we eat a whole fish. We eat a whole chicken for family unity. We also eat things like mushrooms shaped like gold coins. We eat peanuts and lotus seed for fertility and many sons. So all of these dishes are time-honored. We eat them on Chinese. It's not too late, you guys. If you're listening right now, run out and get some lotus seeds and a whole fish. Uh, We also have funny superstitions like you're not supposed to wash your hair on Chinese New Year Day because you might wash out all your good luck. You're not supposed to sweep because you might sweep out all your good luck. You're not supposed to say bad words or I know this is really hard for you, especially you, Max. No swearing. No swearing today. (laughs) (laughs) And oh, my personal favorite, you're supposed to wear, well, wear red because it's very auspicious, but also you're supposed to step into new shoes just to start the year off on the right foot. I love this. this <laughs> Jennifer, is so this exciting. is the menu. Isn't this quite the menu that, they, that, that Chef Katie was saying? I'm just like salivating over everything. Can we talk about traditions and how they're brought to life in her experience? Because one of the things that's so inspiring is when you are welcomed to someone's table. And the gift of giving the world your book and your story is that you're connecting our tables. So there are layers and layers of inspiration to be derived here, but on this Chinese New Year, on this, our first Sunday supper of the year, can we talk a little bit, please, 
about how it actually comes to life in ways that have been really meaningful, that have touched your heart, and that have become real traditions in your own contemporary moment family that include both legacy and the future. Can you talk a little bit about how you bring them to life? Absolutely. You know, there were limitations growing up in Minneapolis. It's not like there was a Chinatown, but my mother tried as hard as can be to create authentic celebrations like Chinese New Year for us. And even though we were embarrassed to wear a Chang Sam, that's a, a traditional Chinese dress, you know, with a Mandarin collar, every morning I would wake up in the morning and there'd be a fresh, brand new Chang Sam and brand new shoes because, as I mentioned, Every morning, we'd be presented with the gold, I'm sorry, the red envelopes called Lysi, which um, symbolize luck and prosperity. They're also given for birthdays, filled with money or gold coins, chocolate coins. Uh, should be an even number because odd numbers are unlucky. Um, so, you know, currently in L.A., if you go to the bank on Chinese New Year Day, they're like, all the Chinese ladies came and took the $2 bills. They're all gone. <laughs> so, even numbers... Of, of money. And so it was something we really look forward to. You know, I said, you no know, sweeping, you know, you're not supposed to be really working on the actual day. You're not supposed to be using knives because they're sharp and that could also cut your good luck. So much of the preparation happens the day before because you're really supposed to be yeah. enjoying your friends, um, wishing good thoughts. You only say positive things because the belief is any negative thought and any negative action, anything you know you say that's negative, it will follow you into the coming year. So it was yeah. really a, a wonderful, joyous day. And um, then we'd have this incredible feast that my mother made for us. But I also learned things like you will, you don't eat duck because the duck's bill is frowning, sad face. So you don't want to eat, you know, that's um, that sadness is going to follow you into the year. So growing up, I just remember friends would come over. We got to play all day. Our parents didn't scold us. We didn't have to clean our room because we, of course, did that before the day started. And it was just a beautiful, joyous celebration. So growing up through the years, and it's also a day to really respect your ancestors, because we, we yeah. talk about honoring ancestry. So, you know, the oldest person at the table, the head of the fish uh, faces that person when you mm. sit down, which is wow. also really interesting, I think. So as I've grown up, even though I had a lot of cultural shame growing up, I did love this day. Um, I tried to recreate, whether it was in my college dorm room, you know, with my little hot pot rice cooker, I would have all my friends come over and, you know, I did the best that I could. And then uh, older, when I was working for the studios, didn't have a lot of time. But here's the thing. Don't feel guilty if you have to buy some of the stuff at the store. Who cares? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. As long as your heart is in it and you're like, this is cool. You may not be Asian. Uh, you, you might be Norwegian. Who, you know, who, who cares, right? But you want to try something new. The yeah. celebration seems really cool. Don't, don't get down on yourself if you happen to buy the egg rolls. But maybe you decided to make the noodles on your own. So I have made this particular holiday so important for my children because I want them to be able to remember and also pass it down to their own children one day. That's wonderful. You know, we have to talk about the year of the rabbit because this is the year of the rabbits. So two things, what does it mean? And do you eat rabbit? <laughs> <laughs> I have had rabbit once in France and I don't think I'll do it again. Um, 
had nothing to do with the way the way it was uh, prepared, but it it is the year of the rabbit. The rabbit is one of the gentlest, most prosperous signs. Uh, my husband happens to be year of the rabbit. What this means for everybody else. Now, if you happen to be born in the year of the rabbit, this will be a doubly auspicious year for you. This year is all about hope. This year is about prosperity. This year is about maybe changing jobs, starting a new business, but it's also a great year for fertility. (laughs) Resonating with either of you guys. I was just going to say personally close your business, but again, it's about new beginnings. It's about hope and it's a really wonderful year. Whereas this, we're just coming out of the tiger year, which was very bold and aggressive. So I think it's going to be hopefully a little more relaxing. uh, Hopefully. What I wasn't going to share this, you? Max. Max, I was going to try and be discreet, but I actually am a year of the rabbit. <gasps> How exciting. It's going to be a no, really I'm... amazing year for you. What about you, Max? I am the year. What am I? I'm the year of the goat. I'm the goat. Yeah, okay. I'm the goat. You're a sheep. You're a sheep. I love it. I And I am year of the snake. Oh, so let me ask you this, Chef Katie. What does it mean to have a snake, a rabbit, and a sheep all together at the table? Well, a snake, a rabbit, and a sheep walk into a bar. Just kidding. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Ouch. Uh, I remember I was dating my husband. And we happened to go to like a Chinese historical museum in San Francisco or something. And there was like this poster that had the horoscope signs. And we were just dating. And it, it said, oh, snake and rabbit ideal candidates for marriage and my look at my then boyfriend now husband he turned bright red and he walked away <laughs> <laughs> chef katie i'm here at um choice and co and i'm and i've made many suggestions about what to pair with uh this meal this this chinese new year's banquet that we're sharing together on sunday supper what is a very traditional pairing of something to sip with a chinese banquet for new year's we think of new year's and we automatically think of champagne but what what is traditional well you know um in china they sip this horrible whiskey <laughs> like drinking gasoline um but i will say here in the u.s you know chardonnay is not a good match with Asian food, as you probably realize. I would say for a traditional Chinese banquet, especially if you have, you know, we always try to embrace yin and yang when we eat, uh, go to a Chinese banquet, meaning we want a balance of hot foods um, that have a lot of chi, some, you know, hot chi, like spicy foods or beef, whereas yin cooling foods could be something like a nice, delicious, garlicky bok choy. So we really want to balance our flavors. Uh, You want to balance textures. So I would probably put, you know, some super crispy egg rolls along with a delicious braised dish with those round mushrooms, for example, something spicy potentially along with that cooling whole fish. All that being said, I think a Gerstaminer would be an excellent choice. Champagne, lovely, really wonderful. So I would stick with something like a Riesling, Gerstaminer, Champagne and even a Chinese beer would be a lovely choice. Mm. Well, Max, do you know what we've created for this meal that we're having? And I'll send you the recipe and we'll make it available for everybody to share. Because 
odd numbers are unlucky and even numbers are lucky. We've done a twist on a French 75. And we have made the French 76. And it's based with bubbles. And then I've used some extraordinary bitters from a company called Bitter Queens Bitters out of San Francisco. And they have a Chinese five-spice bitters that makes this a very exciting, exotic, extraordinarily companionable French 76. Mm. That sounds that amazing. It's super amazing. amazing. I when, I was, when I was playing at the bar to get ready for this, I was like, oh my God, this is good. <laughs> this sounds, sounds amazing. Amazing. You know, I have to jump in because I know Sunday suppers are like, we're at the table and we're going to have this wonderful experience together, but the illusion of time is upon us. Can you believe this, Jennifer? So I know we're not at that point yet, but there are some things that I do have to speak to Chef Katie about because I want the world to know, Chef Katie, your role as a culinary ambassador for the National Pediatric Cancer Foundation. Tell us about it and what other causes you're passionate about. Um, I'm so proud to serve as the culinary ambassador for the National Pediatric Cancer Foundation because both of my parents passed away due to cancer. I am a mom of 14-year-old twins, and I'm just such a firm believer in teaching kids at an early age that they can nourish their bodies. Uh, Give your kids some credit. Bring them into the kitchen. You know, listen, if they cook along with you, they're going to try whatever, you know, they made with you. They're going to try it for sure. Let them be involved in the process. So teaching kids um, of all ages that, you know, there are a lot of cancer fighting foods out there that you're probably eating. But if you just make a habit out of it uh-huh. every day, it's going to set you up for sex success in the long run. So I do a lot of TV appearances for them. I do recipe development and it's just uh, been a beautiful relationship. And I also mm. am very involved with Women's Entrepreneurship Day, uh, founded by my friend Wendy Diamond in New York City. There's over 140 uh, global ambassadors all over the world, and I represent the Southwest region. So I put on a huge event every year. The idea behind that organization is that uh, if a woman starts her own business um, through a microloan in the poorest of poor countries, she will gain dignity. Right. And she will give back 90 percent of what she makes back into the community to uplift Uh the economy as a whole. And third, but uh, least last but not least, I'm very involved in AAPI issues and I serve on. um, Well, I did until Margaret Garcetti left, but three task forces um, for the mayor's office promoting AAPI uh, interests and concerns in the city of Los Angeles. You see, you are like the chef extraordinaire. And then you have some other projects besides that that you're working on. So tell us about your like, Katie. When do you sleep? (laughs) So tell us about the other projects you're working on right now. Okay. Well, I'm really excited about a one-woman show I've written called Holy Shiitake: A Walk Star Is Born, (laughs) and uh, (laughs) I uh, wrote that last year, and it's basically a love letter to my mother. Um, honoring her legacy, but also my culinary journey and all the crazy things that have happened to me. Um, And I am performing this on May 20th or 21st in Minneapolis at an AAPI theater called Theater Moo, M-U, Theater Moo, M-U, and hopefully adapting for um, a television series as well. Holy shiitake. And Jennifer, (laughs) did you know that on top of all of this, Chef Katie's also in a band? 
<laughs> oh, I love this. <laughs> Tell us about your band. <laughs> Chef crazy. Okay, so during COVID, my husband was like, let's start a band. So we started a band called Never Too Late. And um, I'm one of the singers. My husband's an electric guitarist. But um, we're called Never Too Late because my husband always dreamed of playing the electric guitar. And he was like, you know what? If not now, then when? Like, what am I gonna? what am I going to do when I'm 70? So uh, we gathered a few friends, also all beginners. And our bass player um, is our mentor and teacher. He runs a music school. He travels all over the world performing with Air Supply and some other bands. But um, we've been at it for about two years. We've performed twice. But, you know, we don't aspire to, like, get paying gigs. Our aspiration is really to tour nursing homes, and then we'll be just happy. I love that. Jennifer, before we get into our final questions, let me just drop a few places where you can find Chef Katie. So go right now to chefkatiechin.com. You can also go to Walk. W-O-K-STARCatering.com, FortuneCookieDivas.com, and then follow her on all social media platforms at Chef Katie Chin. Chef Katie Chin, tell us real quick about the fortune cookies, because Jennifer, you are going to love this since we're almost at the dessert portion of our Sunday supper on Max and Friends with Max Tucci and Jennifer English and our guest of the evening, Chef Katie Chin. Chef, tell us about your amazing fortune cookies and how they can become personalized. Uh, well, a friend and I started this business about five years ago. We do custom fortunes, gourmet dips in any flavor chocolate you want, any color of chocolate. We do custom messages inside. We can put logos on top. Um, and they're very fun and creative. And what other dessert can you personalize in this way? You know, have you ever done um, baby reveal fortune cookies? We have, we have, and we for some reason I feel like that would be amazing. I don't know why that just came in my conscience. Great idea. I mean, I love that. With great power comes great responsibility, you know. So there's always like one person that calls us that's like, I'm planning the party. I'm the only one that knows. And we're like, what did we get it wrong? Oh no! What did we miss with the order? Oh no! Oh no! (laughs) That's been fun. We've done we've done a proposal. We've done all sorts of things. We've done some for Warner Brothers, for Crazy Rich Asians. Um, we've done quotes for the film The Farewell. We've done uh, cookies for the Sundance Film Festival. So we have a variety of different clients, and that's been really just a creative expression and super fun thing to do. I love this. So, Jennifer, we're at that point now where we like really have to start wrapping up. So before we wrap up, what is it that you want to say, Jennifer English? First of all, it is such a thrill and honor and a privilege to be spending time at the table with the extraordinary chef, Katie. Your books and your story and what you've brought to our culinary consciousness and to the party tonight. This has been extraordinary. Thank you so, so much for being here. As the mom of a 14-year-old myself, I have to say, everything you've talked about, I have been so resonant with. The alignment that you brought to this experience, kicking us off for the year, it reminds me of the hopefulness that the start of a new year allows us to have. And for that privilege, thank you so much. Oh, my goodness. It's my honor. It's been such a wonderful way to spend the evening. I feel like it went by in five minutes. I can't wait to get together in person and break some bread with both of you. I okay, want to break so some I, fortune cookies with you. <laughs> I mean, well, I have to ask you a question. Where can you send us for some exceptional dumplings right now, wherever you are? Where do you go for dumplings, or do you always make them? 
Well, in Los Angeles, I go to Din Tai Fung because, you know, listen, I'm always craving soup dumplings and they've definitely mastered it. Uh, in, in New York, I, I mean, the last place I had dumplings was Red Farm. Have you guys been there? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, that's the last place I went, but it's been a while, you know, because of COVID. So um, I say, again, just ask a friend, uh, go to a place where there's lots of Chinese people not speaking, just eating, and you know it's going to be good. And you know it's going to be good. I love, you know, <laughs> I, you know what I really love, and then we'll have to talk about it the next time, is jellyfish salad. Oh, my God, so good. Ooh, I love a yummy. jellyfish salad whole jellyfish salad and I love shredded beef with bamboo but we can't talk about it anymore because A I'm hungry and B we got to wrap this show up so before we go Chef Katie Chin wish everyone in your native tongue a very happy new year ahead Gung Hei Fat Choi wishing all of you peace prosperity luck harmony happiness longevity and don't forget fertility Fertility, and then those fortune cookies <laughs> where you can have your reveal party with. Yeah. Jennifer English, <laughs> it's a pleasure to have you here tonight as my co-host for Sunday Suppers on Max and Friends and Chef Katie Chin. You know, I adore you. For all of those that are in on our little thing, do hashtag Aspic and do hashtag Blowplay. We love you for that. And on top of that, I've got to wrap this up. I love you all for tuning in. Yes, it is Chinese New Year. Let every day be a new day for you. Celebrate everything that you enjoy always. Because you know what? Right now, you can. I love you for tuning in. And remember to take life to the max. And tell yourself and give yourself a little bit more love. Say I love you more and more to yourself every day. Because you're worth it. You remember like Maybelline used to say? Maybe she's born with it. (laughs) But you're worth it. I'm worth it. I love you. Jennifer English, I adore you. Chef Katie Chin, good night, good karma. And remember to take life to the max. I'm your host, Max Tucci, for Max and Friends. Happy New Year, everyone. Happy New Year. Happy New Year.